before it's everlasting too late that they need Jesus as their personal Savior. Father, let all we say and do be to your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I, to our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Twyman, to our Assistant Pastor, Reverend Minor, to my brethren in the preach ministry, and to all the officers of this wonderful church, and to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a privilege to be here. I want to thank the Executive Committee for allowing me this opportunity to come and share a few scattered remarks, and I pray that this word would be a blessing to you. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit works because this word works in concert with what our pastor had preached yesterday. I want to draw your attention to a very familiar passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians beginning at the fifth, at the fifth chapter, the first verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 beginning at the first verse. I will invite you that you would read and study both the fourth and fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians. It really speaks to where we are and the things that we go through. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. We're going to be utilizing verses 1 through 8, but I'm just going to read a few verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And for a few moments, one of my favorite preachers, he preached this some time ago, and I cannot do nowhere near the justice that he has done. And I'm talking specifically about Pastor Terry Anderson. But there is a subject that fits this. And it's simply when over there looks better than over here. When over there looks better than over here. I don't know about you, but sometimes 
I get tired. And I'm not talking about a physical type of tiredness. I'm talking about a mental and spiritual tiredness. There's so many things that's happening right now, that's happening around us. The more I experience this life, Pastor Twyman, the more I realize that this world is not my home. And I pray that, I think I have a few witnesses in here that will attest to the same thing. You see, there's a longing that's inside of all of us. There's something that's taking place on the inside that causes this internal conflict within. There's a tension that exists on the inside that is responding to the external pressures of life. These pressures of life, if we're not careful, will dim our view of what God has in store for you and I. What are these outside pressures I'm talking about? Well, the death of loved ones especially that comes unexpected. Well, Pastor, I appreciate you so much because you shared in the word yesterday that, yeah, we may not be ready for death, but we should be prepared for death. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's so true. You know, and I, I remember just yesterday sitting there and looking at the Shorter family, and I noticed how the granddaughter and the niece just embraced each other in tears and sorrow because they're going to miss such a wonderful man. It's my prayer, though, that somebody walked out of here saying, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? I tell you that over there looks so much better than over here. Inflation has crippled our nation. Been to Kroger lately? Have you been to Myers? Have you noticed how much a one pound of ground beef costs? Anywhere from six to eight dollars for just one pound. Chicken has gone up. Milk has gone up. Eggs and bread has gone up. I tell you that over there looks better than over here. Gas prices are going to hit $5 a gallon before you know it. And, you, you know, the interesting thing is that our, our nation has stock barrels and Millions upon millions and millions of barrels of crude oil that they could just simply release to lower the burden. Have you heard that? Are they planning to do that? No, because they allow Wall Street to speculate on gas futures and make money 
to drive the price up. Over there looks better than what's over here. All week long, we've been inundated with the news about Russia invading Ukraine. And while my heart goes out to those citizens, at the same time, to keep it real, I find myself not really being that concerned. Here's why. Because the Africans that's in Ukraine are having the hardest time getting across the border. It amazes me that when death and destruction is taking place, that racism has the time to exclude some people from safety. I tell you that over there looks far better than what's going on over here. I, I, my, my heart breaks for those people, but what about all the people getting by and getting across the border? The State of the Union was recently. It amazed me that we can find billions of dollars, 68 billion in fact, to go and help another country, but can't take care of the people that's in this country. I tell you that over there looks a whole lot better than what's going on over here. People on the streets can't find food to eat, don't have shelter, but we could generate money when necessary to take care of a cause outside of these borders. Voting rights are being stripped right now as we speak. 39 different states have either passed or is going to pass restrictive voting rights. They want to strip you and I of our voting rights. We pay taxes, but they don't want us to vote. I tell you that over there looks far more better than what's going on over here. I know that we live in a sinful, fallen world. I know that Satan is the prince of the air. But sometimes, admittedly, church, it gets rough. It gets hard to hold your head up sometimes. It's hard to roll out the bed sometimes because when you turn on the TV, there's nothing but some bad news. Even in the church. It's a shame that we say we read the same Bible. We say that we know the same God, that we've been saved by the same Jesus. And yet and still, we can't get on one accord to move a piece of paper from left to right. I tell you that over there looks far more better than what's taking place over here. So what do we do? What's this reality that we face? What is the situations and circumstances that we have to endure? 
How do we make it from one day to the next? How do we set our sights on what God has for us and not be distracted by the world around us? Well, there's one simple solution that we can do. And Pastor, I heard you say this before. Instead of being on Facebook, get your face in the book. Amen. There's encouragement in the word of God that can speak to our hearts, that can speak to our minds to encourage us to take another step. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that the best is yet to come. We just have to hold on just a a little while longer. Everything is going to be all right. So the Apostle Paul, Paul is going to share with us in this fifth chapter our current reality of where we are right now. But he's going to encourage us as he paints the picture of what we are headed to. I thank God for justification because that means I'm saved from the penalty of sin. And while we go through our sanctification, we are being saved from the power of sin. But I love how Paul orchestrates in this very fifth chapter our glorification. And that when we see him, we're going to be like him. Do I have a witness in here? That's something to celebrate right now. Paul starts here in this fifth chapter, he starts with this phrase, for we know. I want to be clear that not everybody is in the we. Not everybody is in the we. It's an exclusive, but yet it can be inclusive. Let me break that down. It's exclusive to those who don't know Jesus Christ to be the free pardon of their sins. But it's inclusive that long as we are here and the gospel is being preached, people have the opportunity to give their life so they can become part of the we. For we know. Well, what is it that we should know, Paul? Paul says that we need to acknowledge something that is well known, that's that's universal, that there ought to be some things that you and I accept. There ought to be some things that you and I should just flat out know. Well, what is it that we know? You could go to Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together. They work together for good to those who what? Love God. And those who are the called according to his purpose. There ought to be some things that you and I know. Well, Paul says that we should know that if this earthly house, and then he describes it as a tent. 
is destroyed. And in the King James Version, it says, is dissolved. What is Paul saying here? Paul doesn't want you and I to be confused with thinking about an earthly residence. He's not talking about your condo. He's not talking about your house. He's not talking about some type of physical home that's here on this planet. What he is talking about is this flesh, is this body that houses our soul. Yeah. We, if this tent, and you know what I learned about a tent, Pastor? I was never in the Boy Scouts. I don't like sleeping out in the woods or nothing like that. I'm not a woodsy guy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm urban. I'm urban and suburban. Amen. But I do know this much about a tent, that when you put up a tent, it ain't there to stay. It, 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 it's, it's temporary. It's something that, that, that covers you from the elements for a few moments. But sooner or later, that tent is going to have to be taken down. Do I have a witness in here? Yeah, this tent, and, you know, it's a handsome tent. It's a pretty tent, but it's a decaying tent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't look like you used to look. I don't look like I used to look. In fact, I look better. Amen. But that's besides the point. I'm just simply saying that this flesh, this body, is decaying and it is changing and we are on our way to another destination. On my way to Macedonia, there's a route that I take. I take 96 and I come up on Evergreen. And the Lord brought to my attention yesterday, and many times have I taken that route and come up Evergreen on the service drive, I noticed this house. You might have seen it too. It's on Hayden Street. This house sits by itself. And the Lord brought my attention to that house. The house looks bad. It hasn't been painted in a long time. The windows are boarded up. It's some siding that is missing. The roof doesn't look good at all. There's plastic on the front window. There's no screen on the front door. That house looked really bad. In fact, it looks like it needs to be demolished. But here's what blew me away. Somebody lives there. There's a car that's parked, and it's the same car because I saw it this morning. Somebody resides there. God brought that to my attention to tell you and I that, you know what? We the same way. We've been battered by life. We've been battered by the storms of life. We've been impacted by heartache and heartbreak. There have been some things that have broke out in our lives that try to destroy us. We don't look the same. Just like that house. Even though that house is on the block by itself, I need to tell you that our houses should be adjoined with one another. 
What I mean by that is, listen, you don't have to feel isolated. You don't have to feel alone because there is a brother or sister that will pray for you. If this earthly house, this tent, be dissolved or if it dies, that's what Paul is saying in this text. Here's, here's the good news. We have a building. Notice how Paul is moving from a tent that's temporary to a building that is affixed. Mm, but not only is it just a building, but it's a building from God. Don't you know that God is the creator of you and I? And as our creator, don't you know that he can recreate us? In fact, we should all be in the process of being recreated. We should all be in the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and what I like about this building, that I, what I like about what God is doing for us in this house is the fact that here it is. It's not made with hands. I don't have to worry about somebody taking a shortcut because God got it in control. I don't have to worry about getting a property inspection because God has it in control. I don't have to worry about the foundation is secure because Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Yeah, but he washed it and made it white as snow. I tell y'all that this is temporary. We're, 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 we're transitioning. And, and, and you know what? We don't know when our appointed time is going to be, but I hear the words of our pastor saying that, are you prepared? All of our souls is going to spend eternity somewhere. The difference is if you're going to spend eternity with God or if you're going to spend eternity away from God. Let me make it plain. Either we're going to spend eternity in heaven or we're going to spend eternity in hell. The choice is ours. Nobody can make it for you. You have to make it for yourself. Mm. But Paul continues in verse 2. And he says, for in this. Mm, that, that, that caught my attention. For in this. What is Paul basically referring to? He's referring to, if you will, pulling the thread from chapter 4. And if you look specifically at the thread that he's pulling, it starts at verse 8. Paul is recognizing that for in this we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are persecuted, but not in despair. We're not forsaken. We have been struck down, but not destroyed. For in this, for in this pain, 
For in this heartache, for in this trial, for in this tribulation, we groan. And this groan is internal and it is deep. It is something that you can't even articulate with words. We groan earnestly. We are longing for. Because with everything that's going on in this world, you know what? God doesn't want you and I to be comfortable. God doesn't want you and I to be settled. He doesn't want you and I to be satisfied. That's why we have to groan sometimes. Because in that groan, you realize that, hey, although I am here, there is something better for me in the future. And I can't wait to get to what God has for me. Do I have a witness in here? Over there looks better than what's going on over here. Paul continues and says that if indeed, if indeed having been clothed, we should not be found naked. And you know, it's a difference between being clothed and being naked. Amen. And I, I, I hate to say it sometimes, sisters. It's a difference between being clothed and being naked. Amen. But what is Paul talking about here? When he talks about us being clothed, he's talking about the fact that we are being fitted into something in the future that God has for you and I. Well, what is it specific, specifically that God has for us? Well, it's related to our glorification. Don't you know that when you and I die, that we are going to have a new body? That we're going to have a new body. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to trade in this body. Thank you, Jesus, that I got something to look forward to. The aches and pains won't have to experience no more. I won't need glasses no more. I don't have to worry about my blood pressure. I don't have to worry about the threat of diabetes. I don't have to worry about none of that in my glorified body. God has that for you and I. He has it for you and I. And, and it reminds me of Adam. Remember in that third chapter when Adam had ate of the fruit and God had came and said, where are you? And, and Adam came out and said, I was hiding. I was hiding from your presence. I was hiding because I was afraid. I was hiding because I was naked. That's what sin does in our lives. Sin exposes us. Sin takes away everything that when it comes to the comfort of God and the fellowship of God, sin breaks that. So I love how God responded to Adam. He said, who told you you were naked? Sin will give you away 
ladies and gentlemen. Sin will tell on you before anything else can be said about you. God has a way of exposing us. Do I have a witness? But he continues on. And he says, for we who are in this tent, grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. In other words, what Paul is saying, we don't groan because of the fact that, that, that we want to sin or that we want to disobey God. We groan because we want to be near him. We want to be in his presence. We want to delight in him. We want to worship him and, and, and be in his presence. I can't imagine what that's like, but I know that it's wonderful because the word tells me that it's wonderful to be in his presence. We want to be clothed in our glorification. And here it is as I come to a close. Paul says in verse 6, so we are always confident. Well, what brings about this confidence? Knowing that we are going to be absent from the body. Present with the Lord. It's instantaneous. It, 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 it happens in the twinkling of an eye. And I don't know about you, but I want to live rapture ready. That no matter what happens in this life, let me focus my attention on what God wants me and what God wants you to do. And what he wants us to do is to represent his son, Jesus Christ, to this dying world. For we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We think by faith. We talk by faith. Right? We respond to the issues of life by faith. But what is faith? Because without it, the writer of Hebrews said that what? It's impossible to please him. Listen. They that come to God must what? First believe that he is. What do you believe about God today? And I'm not talking about something that you heard in the song. What do you know about God today in his word? Because that is what's going to make the difference in your life. That is what's going to make the difference in how you exercise your faith. We don't need more faith. We need to exercise the faith that we have. Do I have a witness? Yeah, the reason that over there looks better than over here. Because God will make all things eternal. And I'd rather spend eternity with God than to die in this sin-sick world. I would rather spend eternity with God than to die and go to hell. I would rather spend eternity with him 
knowing that I can have everlasting life. Do I have a witness in here? Paul talks about the fact that you and I were grown. And it's okay to groan sometimes. It's okay to allow the tears to fall from your eyes. But never lose sight of the fact that God has something in store for you. And God has something in store for me. Do I have a witness in here? Listen, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Because the God that we serve has already taken care of tomorrow. Just be faithful with what he puts in your hands today. I tell you that over there looks better than over here. The reason that I know is because I've seen the lightning flashing. And I heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, which tried to conquer my soul. But oh, I hear the voice of Jesus. He bids me to fight on. He promised, he promised, he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And the reason I can stand on that promise, because through 42 generations, Jesus came down, healed the sick, provided sight for the blind, raised the dead. Jesus hung upon an old rugged cross, buried in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got out with all power in his hand. He declared that all the power is in my hand. And that declaration lets me know that over there is indeed better than what's over here. As we stand together, the doors of the church are now open. It may be someone here who doesn't know Jesus Christ. It may be someone here.